0: Okay, well, um, open your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 2, and uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 14. I think maybe I'll ask Gary to read it, read it for us. He's so good at reading. Uh, Luke 2, 1 through 14.
1: Okay. Now it came about in those days that a decree went up from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabitants of the earth. This was the first census taken while Pernarius was governor of Syria. And all were proceeding to register for all census, for the census, everyone, to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. And it came about that while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In that tenth verse, the Living Bible says it this way, But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said, I bring you the most joyful news ever. The most joyful news ever announced and it is for everyone. Amen. So I think we'll call this today the most joyful news ever announced. Amen. The most joyful news ever announced. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to share your word today. Thank you. Your word is alive, quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I ask you, Lord, to guide uh, my thoughts and my speech, to minister something that will help your people to grow, to develop, to come closer to you. Lord, this is a familiar story. We've probably heard it, and we've heard it from years and years. But, Lord, there's always new life in your word. And so we look to you, and we just open our hearts to receive from you, Lord, what the Spirit is saying to the church and what you are speaking to each individual here. I ask you, Lord, to customize this message by the Holy Spirit to each and every life that is here. Lord, that when uh, we walk out of here, each one would have a different thing to say about what did I get today. Because, Lord, you know how to customize the messages of God to God's people. Father, I thank you, Lord, for creative works, the creative works of God. I thank you, Lord, anyone here that's never been born again, that they could be born again today. Any that are away from God that need to come back, that they'll come back today. And Lord, even those that need healing today and deliverance, I thank you they get set free today. Lord, not because of any ability I have, but because of your ability, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, as the word is preached today. In Jesus' name. And all the people shouted with all their hearts. A little louder. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. The greatest news ever announced, and it's for everyone. Amen. Think about some good news. What would be good news for you? Maybe if you went to the doctor and you got a clean bill of health, that would be good news. Amen? Maybe. Or maybe uh, the newspaper comes out, extra, extra, read all about it. Taxes canceled for this year. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or an anonymous benefactor pays off your mortgage—that'd be good news, right? I mean, there's a lot of things we could think of that would be good news, amen. But hallelujah! This is the greatest news ever. Think about it—the greatest news ever announced—that that Jesus Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah! Man, we ought to get excited about Christmas. This is a what an event! You know, we sang that song about Emmanuel. It says in Isaiah uh, seven fourteen, uh, the virgin shall conceive and bring forth a, a child and you will call his name Emmanuel. Means God with us. Jesus came to earth. He came to be with us, to be like us, so we could be like him. He humbled himself and became a man to raise us up to be with him. Hallelujah. There's an eternal destiny for us through Jesus Christ. The greatest news ever announced, Jesus Christ is born in Bethlehem. Think about that picture of the angels coming. First of all, the angel coming and announcing, don't be afraid. The greatest news ever, glad tidings of great joy, Jesus has come. He's born in Bethlehem. And then a host of angels, a bunch of them. You know, the scripture said that, that when one soul gets saved, The angels in heaven rejoice. Well, here is an event in earth, a divine invasion of divine power and the divine person coming to earth. The angels are excited. I mean, I'm sure they've been waiting for this day. And and they come and they proclaim, they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. That's talking about Peace with God. See, because mankind has been at war with God. Up until that time, there was just a war and there was no way to reconcile the difference. But Jesus came to reconcile us to God, to forgive our sins and to give us new life. Hallelujah. To bring a reconciliation and a peace. The word peace means to be one again. You know, uh, the glory of God was upon Adam and Eve. God created them good. God created everything good. He put them in a garden. He gave them everything. God was there with them. They had everything wonderful in a paradise with God. But then they listened to Satan. They listened to the deception of Satan and they ate the forbidden fruit. They ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they died spiritually. They were cut off from God. There was a separation and they became enemies with God. This is the story of the Bible. This is what happened in the beginning. God didn't create us to be a mess and to have problems and have sickness and disease and all these things, wars and fightings and all the things that are in the earth. God created us good, but man chose to go the wrong way. And the Bible said that that sin that was in them was passed on the human race. And because of that, death by sin. So there's a separation from God for all of us. But when Jesus came, he came to reconcile us back to God and to bring us into our full inheritance. And God has a full inheritance for you. I want to encourage you today in the things that God has done for you through Jesus Christ. I believe God wants me to encourage you about what his son has done for you. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. Goodwill towards men. That's God's goodwill. God's goodwill towards mankind. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't say, you know, I'm going to wait till you straighten out, then I'll die for you. No, He died for us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for the ungodly. I don't know about you, but I qualify. Well, I do know about you because I read about it in the Bible don't look so so sanctimonious. (laughs) Amen. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. And the wages of that sin is, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm so glad for the good news, the happy good news. I I guess I can relate to the angels because I like preaching the good, happy good news. Amen. I like shouting it from the rooftops. Amen. I just come to encourage you today. Amen. This is Christmas. This is a time to remember our Savior is born in Bethlehem. Amen. To give us new life. To forgive us all our wickedness and iniquity. To save us from our sins. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. He came to save you from your sins and give you eternal life. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, so um, let's talk about some of the things that Jesus did for us by coming. Of course, we know that we're talking about the virgin birth. Jesus was born of a virgin. he didn't have a natural father. His father was God. It was God invading humanity through the person of Jesus. Remember, the, the angel came to Mary and said, you know, uh, you know you're going to have a son. You will conceive in your womb. You'll have a son. The Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And the thing, that holy thing that's born in you will be called the Son of God. Jesus came. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He never sinned. He was tempted, but he never sinned. Then he died and he went to the cross as the spotless Lamb of God. All those lambs and so forth in the Old Testament, that's a picture of Christ. And they had to be spotless, and Jesus was spotless. See, we had to have the virgin birth to have the cross. Not just anybody could go to the cross and die for humanity. Had to be a spotless lamb. God had to do it for us. That's why this is a, salvation is a gift. It's a gift from God. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus died on that cross as the Lamb of God. He was buried. And how many know? He rose again. He rose again to give us life. We are saved by his life. What life? His resurrected life. We come into Christ and we receive of that resurrected life. And we are in Christ. We are in that resurrection. He rose from the dead and then he ascended up into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He's making an intercession for us. Hallelujah. He can do that. He, he feels our infirmities. He's been here. Hallelujah. And he makes intercession for us. And you know what? He's coming back. He's coming back. And when he comes back, he will fulfill our redemption. Amen. Right here, if you're a Christian today, you have redemption through Christ Jesus, the forgiveness of sins. But there's part of your redemption in this future. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. So I've got seven thoughts here. Extra, extra, read all about it. God sends his son to save us from our sins. Just flip over to Matthew chapter 1. Talks about in the 18th verse here, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together she was found with God of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. You know, Mary was in danger of being stoned. You know, here she's having a baby, she is not married. It's illegal. It's it's trouble. But he was going to put her away quietly. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So God brought a revelation to Joseph so he could cooperate with the plan of God. How many know it's important to cooperate with the plan of God? You know, what if Joseph said, oh, bless God, I'm not having anything to do with her. He had a tender heart, amen? He was able to hear from God the specific revelation knowledge for that moment. There's a lesson there for us, amen? To be willing. You know, if you want to hear from God, you've got to be willing to hear from God. You have to have an obedient heart and you have to be willing to flow with him and cooperate with his plan. And you know what? We're still in that same mode. We've got to cooperate with His plan. In the local church, we've got to cooperate with His plan. Amen. In our families, we've got to cooperate with His plan. Amen. I tell you, our marriage—it gets better and better, better and better, all the time. Praise God. Susan says, but I tell you, she just—she said the other day, "Do you think most people like each other as much as we do?" But you've got to cooperate. Amen? You've got to do your part. And then things will work. Amen? Joseph cooperated. And uh, he says, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. That which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son and call his name, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Extra extra read all about it. Jesus comes to save us from our sins. You know, thank God for someone that'll save you. Thank thank God for someone that'll save you from a fire. Amen. amen. Or save you from a terrorist attack or some external problem. But we got a problem inside, see? He came to save us from ourselves, from our sin. Amen. He came to save us from our sin. We have a sin problem. Jesus came to save us from our sins. He came to forgive us our sins. You know, think about what a great gift that is. That God would forgive every sin. I don't know about you, but I got some. Amen? I think I remember them better than God. He's forgot them. He forgives and he wipes the slate clean. He says, our sins is as far away as from the east is to the west. Amen. I don't know. Some of you are, good, you know, probably goody-two-shoe Christians. You know, you, maybe you lived for the Lord for a long time and you, you did pretty good. But you're still sinners. Or you were. <laughs> Jesus came to save you from your sins. But see, I recognize my sin because I was a sinner. And I'll tell you, God changed my life. Amen. He forgave me. I thank God for his forgiveness. Susan, about the time that we came to the Lord, was walking down the street in Spring Grove, Minnesota, and it started to rain. But it was just raining on her. (laughs) And there were some men there on the street, and they said, what does this mean? There's this rain shower on Susan. (laughs) And when that happened, she just knew she was cleansed. He cleanses us. He forgives us. He makes us white as snow. Extra, extra, read all about it. He makes you white as snow. He purifies you. He cleanses you. He makes you, the Bible said, righteous. Romans 5.1, being justified, being made righteous by faith. We have peace with God. Amen. He forgives everything. You know, um, have you ever heard of uh, Amnesty. There's um, a few years ago, there was in Saudi Arabia, they offered amnesty to the terrorists that were in their country. And I don't know exactly how it all shook out. But the deal was, okay, you guys got your guns, you got your bombs, you got all this stuff, you're a terrorist. The government said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Turn in your guns, turn in your bombs, no questions asked. You don't do any prison time. You are forgiven completely. So these enemies of the state had an opportunity to come and surrender all and receive total forgiveness, just as if they had never done anything wrong. But there was a deadline. I thought, that's like God, you know. He gives us total forgiveness. We did all these things to slap him in the face. And then he says, just come lay down your weapons. Lay it all down. Surrender all. And you receive complete exoneration from all guilt and charges. Hallelujah. And we're living in that time now where we can do that. But eventually, the deadline will come, and you've got to be on the right side. It might come tonight. He may come back, or it may be your time to go to Him. Either way, we need to be ready. Can I have an amen? Amen. So he gives us new life. Then, secondly, oh, first, (laughs) I got to point two already. He came to save us from our sins. Secondly, by receiving Jesus, you become a born-again child of God. He gives us new life. Turn over to John chapter 1. John chapter one, when we'll read verses 11 through 13, <clears throat> it says, "He came unto his own, this is talking about Jesus. And by the way, if you back up, it talks about his divinity, uh, how He was involved in creation, how He is God. Jesus is God. Everybody say Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Hallelujah. And then it says in verse 11, he came unto his own. He came into this earth, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. I believe that's a reference to the fact that he came to Israel, his people, Israel. And by and large, they rejected him. But, verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the sons of God. Even to those, to them that believe on his name, which were born. Everybody say born. born. Not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, but of, <clears throat> nor of the will of man, but of God. It says, when you receive Jesus, you are born of God. I have a son, his name is Nathan. And he was, the same thought is, he was born of me. He's got my DNA. Amen? I have grandchildren now. You know, we were, took, had a, looked at a picture of my youngest grandson. His name's Everett. Last night, and I thought, that's my offspring. That's the offspring of Tom. I like little Everett. He's cool. You Probably like your grandkids too. But mine are the best. But you see, spiritually, when you accept Jesus Christ, you are born of God. Now, that's not just a figure of speech. That's not just an analogy or something like that. That is a spiritual reality. See, Adam, in the beginning, man was made in God's image, in his likeness. But that image was marred through sin and and man's spirit was separated from God. But through the new birth, we are born again. It's not just that our sins are forgiven, but we're made new. We're made brand new, praise God. Our spirit comes alive unto God. Hallelujah. Oh, happy days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He took my sins away, and he gives me new life. In Romans chapter 5, it says, we are saved by his life. The life that you have in you as a born-again Christian is the life of God. It's the life of the resurrected Christ. Because when you come to him, you're joined to him. Through sin, we were separated. But through salvation, we are joined to him. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Our spirit is alive unto God, Godlike hallelujah that's what 's inside of you that that's causes you to want to do what 's right, that produces power in your life that's God. you know uh, first, first John chapter four, verse four. ye are of God, little children, and ho- have overcome them. Because greater is he that's in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, I want to encourage you to identify with your new nature. Stop stop seeing yourself as a flop and a failure and a hopeless sinner. And start realizing that God lives in you and if you just let him live through you, There's going to be a release of power through your life that's going to affect everybody around you and everything around you. I want to encourage you to know who you are in Christ. You know, Christ can love your wife or love your husband through you. Christ can help you to bring help to your children, to help to those around you. It's The scripture said, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know what? Stop thinking of God as external and become God inside-minded. Amen. Yes, the Father's sitting on the throne, but the Holy Ghost lives in you. Amen. Amen. And the Holy Ghost is God too. When you're born again. I mean, think about what a great miracle we're talking about. Amen. No wonder the angels were shouting. Glory to God. In the highest and on earth, peace. Oneness. Goodwill towards man. Hallelujah. So he forgives our sins. Amen. And he gives us a new life. He gives us his life. Amen. Amen. And we mentioned that scripture about greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The third point is, he gives us power over the devil. Jesus defeated the devil. 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And the scripture said in Colossians chapter 1, I believe it's verse 9, that he has delivered us from... The power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. We are delivered from the power of a devil. You know, stop worrying about the devil. Let him worry about you. Somebody says you being braggadocious? No, I'm bragging on Jesus. I'm bragging on what Jesus did. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made us show them openly, triumphing over them in it. He rose from the dead, victorious over the devil. Hallelujah. And the only place the devil has a right to be in your life is under your feet. You read about it in Ephesians where he said that, that uh, Jesus is far above all principality and power. All spiritual might and dominion. He's above it all. Amen. In the next chapter it says we are seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ. No wonder the angels got happy. The devil's defeated. They've been battling with that stupid devil for years. Jesus won the victory and gave it to us. It's time for us to rise up and take our authority in Christ. Can I have an amen? amen? And then Jesus came to earth, died for our sins, gave us new life so that we could receive power in our lives. You know, it's interesting in Mark. Uh, Let's flip over to Mark. Because Mark doesn't give the account of Jesus' birth. But look at the first chapter. See what it says. The first thing it says there about Jesus. It says, of course, the first verse. It says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then it talks about John. And verse 7, it says, And John preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to, to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. In Matthew, it says, He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Power. He came to give us power. We're weak While we were yet without strength, Christ died for us. But he came to give us power. The power of the Holy Spirit through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because, you see, you couldn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit without first being cleansed. So Jesus died, rose from the dead, and then poured out this Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You ever feel like, man, I'd really like to do something about helping my neighbor find Jesus. Well, just pray and ask for the power of the Holy Spirit. He promised you that he'd give you power to be a witness. Can I have an amen? amen? Hallelujah. This is good shouting material. Hallelujah. He came to give us power. All right. Now, I got three more, and these are about our future. Turn your Bible to John 14. He came to make the way for us to go to heaven, to be with Him. Paul said. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He says, I don't know whether to stay or to go. You know, if I stay, it's Christ. My Christ is ministering to, through me to you. But to go is far better. Folks, heaven is far better. If you have anything good in this life, hey, I got... Come to tell you something, heaven is a whole lot better. Can I have an amen? And Jesus says in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Amen. How many know we need to believe in Jesus? In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. No wonder the angels got happy. Jesus was coming to make a way for us to go to heaven. Hallelujah. How long are we going to be on this earth? I'm not sure. But not forever. One day, these old bodies will give out. Amen. But we have a home in heaven. Provided for us. Courtesy of God Almighty through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I'm the way to get there. Can I have an amen? And then he's going to give us. A new body. 1 Corinthians 15. Maybe you've got some aches and pains and problems and you think, man, this body is not too good. Well, praise God. He's got healing for you here today, but he's got a new body for you there. It's part of your future. It's part of your future. 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. Something that's hidden. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. It's talking about when Jesus comes back. And he says, we shall not all sleep. It means we're not all going to die physically. Did you know we're not all going to die physically? Because those who come when Jesus, those who are alive when Jesus comes back, they skip the death part a special treat <laughs> for those that are here when he returns. Better stick around, folks. Those that are around when Jesus comes back will not go to the grave. Pretty cool. But Thessalonians says it won't, we won't precede them who he ra- rises from the dead because he's going to raise those who have died before us from the dead. See, when you die... Physically, you go to be with the Lord. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be where? In never, never land? No, to be in heaven with the Lord. Your spirit goes to be with the Lord. But there's a time coming when he raises you from the dead. He raises your body from the dead. You say, well, how's he going to do that? I don't know. He's God. I'll let him figure that out. I just believe what he said. So he said, well, what if you're buried in the sea? Well, he can find you. Amen. He's going to raise us from the dead and give us an immortal body. It's going to be a body like Jesus had after he was raised from the dead. And when we see him, the scripture said, we shall be like him. And in Romans it tells us about that the a future time when we come into the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. See, when you're saved, your spirit's redeemed. Amen. You're forgiven, and your spirit's alive unto God. It's God-like. God's living in you, okay? But the time will come when your body, your body will be redeemed. And the reason is because you're going to have some walking to do on the new heavens and the new earth. And that's the final thing. He's going to redeem creation too. Turn your Bibles to Revelation. We talked about Genesis. We might as well talk about Revelation. Today, I I, I wanted to kind of give you the story of the Bible and how Jesus fits in. This virgin birth fits into this thing in God's redemptive plan. (laughs) Peace on earth. And mercy is my, O God, and sinner. You know, sometimes we sing, like, oh, here's another Christmas season. Here we go, la, 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 la. Amen. Jesus has come. Jesus has come to forgive us from our sins, to redeem our life. Amen. To change us, to fill us with the Holy Ghost, to empower us. And, And to take us to heaven, and to give us a new body, and to prepare a new heaven, a new earth for us. Uh, Revelation 21, and I saw, John says, a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. This old world is passing away. This age is passing away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. This is the fulfillment of God's plan. So here comes the bride. That's the body of Christ. That's Jesus' bride. That's us. That's the redeemed. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they will be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God and God shall wipe away every tear. All tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death. Everybody say, no more death. death. See, before Adam sinned, there was no death. You see, we're coming around full circle. God's bringing restoration. God's creation Satan's deception, Jesus's redemption, and our restoration. Our restoration is actually only partial right now. We'll have more of it when we go to heaven. Then we'll have a new body. And then he's going to give us new heavens and new earth. Creation's going to be redeemed. You know, in Romans it says the whole creation is groaning and travailing until now. For the manifestation of the sons of God. In the fullness of time all these things will come to pass. God will bring to pass his word, just like the other things that he brought to pass, just like we read Isaiah seven fourteen, a virgin shall conceive. All these other things I'm talking about, they'll come to pass too. Hallelujah. God will give you a new body and he will give us a new heaven and a new earth. And he's going to wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. Talking about a time when there will be no pain. No pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. You know, they're talking about the environment now. I don't know where you stand on that. It doesn't really matter. But, but man is messing up the earth. But he's going to give us a new one, thank God. <laughs> We're going to need it, I think. But there's been a problem in creation ever since Adam sinned. Things have been out of whack. But God's bringing restoration. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said... Unto me write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus was in creation. Jesus is in redemption. And Jesus will be involved in the new heavens and the new earth. I'm the Alpha. That's the beginning and the end. The Omega is the last last letter. The beginning and the end. I will make unto him that is the thirst I will give unto him that's the thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Life. Everybody say life. life. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. There's a, a resurrection, we talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 15, of the dead for the Christian. The non Christian is going to miss that. And then there will be the second death. And those who have not received Christ will be thrown into the lake of fire that burns forever and ever. That's what the Bible says. So, oh, God's so mean. No, God's not mean. He sent his son. So, you, nobody has to go there. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. To repen- have you come to repentance? See, in order to get to heaven, we have to follow who? Jesus. So you can't get to heaven and follow the devil. You have to follow Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You have to turn from sin and turn to God. Sometimes people misunderstand the grace of God. You know, it's such a great gift that He forgives us, but He doesn't forgive us until we repent. I mean, He has forgiven us, it's potentially there, but we don't receive it until we repent. We have to repent. And turn to God. And when we become a Christian, he changes us so we're different. So we don't want to sin. You know, I was reading this morning in Exodus 20 about the the Ten Commandments. You know, have no other gods before me. Uh, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not murder. Uh, Honor thy father and thy mother. The commandments of God. So, in the, the Old Testament, keep the law and you'll be okay. But under the New Covenant, let's turn, let's turn to uh, Romans 8. I want to share something with you about the law. Sometimes, folks get the idea when they hear the message of grace that that means the law is bad. Grace is good. The law is bad. The Bible said the law is good. I said the Bible said the law is good because, number one, the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So, until we see right from wrong in the Word of God, we won't come to Christ truly. You know, we may say, well, I want Jesus, but we don't really want change because we don't see our sin. The law enables us to see our sin and our need for Christ. The law, so the law is good. And then and people say, well, you know, we're, we're under grace now. We just throw out the law. It, the, you know, we're not, we're not trying to, you know, we don't want to see any change. But let's see what the scripture said. The, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who do do what? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And some of your Bibles may not have that last part in there, but I believe it should be in there. It's, it's in the good old King James, so it's good enough for me. And I'll maybe explain that sometime. But some of the Bibles don't have all the all the things in it. But that's that part is is in the Word of God. It says those that, there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Everybody say, after the Spirit. So you've got to have a desire to follow God's will. Amen? Amen. And, and folks, even after you're born again, you can get yourself, you can hinder your fellowship with God through sin. Have you ever noticed? You know, you get angry and say something you shouldn't, and all of a sudden, it's like a dark cloud. And you might think, oh God, where are you, God? He's right there, but you've got to repent. If you can, that's what, for the Christian, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's why the blood of Jesus is available to you when you sin. If you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. The truth's not in you. But if you confess your sin... He's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So you can get that cloud off of you. And you can walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship with him. So he says, who walked not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of sin and death says if you sin, you die. But he says, okay, I got another law for you, the law of the spirit of life. I'm going to put my spirit in you. It's the spirit of life. It's going to bring change to you, and you're going to have freedom in Christ Jesus. You're going to be able to live for the Lord. Hallelujah. Like the prodigal son, the father gave him shoes so he could walk. God's given you an ability to walk with him. You can overcome sin. The greater one lives in you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It's the truth. Amen. Be not deceived. You can walk the walk of holiness. Amen. You can be different in the world. And you need to be. The law, the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. He came to save us from our sins. Not to save us in our sins. Hello? It's the truth. For what the law could not do. See? The law, the law is not bad, but it had a weakness. Not because God did something wrong, but it had a weakness. That weakness is our flesh. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Why did Jesus come? He came to condemn sin in the flesh. The word condemn, the Amplified Version says, subdued, overcame, deprived it of, of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. When you accept the sacrifice of Jesus, sin is deprived of its power. The law of the spirit of life makes us free from the law of sin and death. And look at verse 4 now. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. See, God doesn't want you to covet and, and dishonor your parents and murder and adultery and live with somebody and all this stuff. He wants you to live Right? The only thing is now, he's given you the ability to do it and the desire to do it. As it says, it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do your good pleasure. Those Old Testament saints, they just had to try harder. Just try harder. And some of them did pretty good. But man, we got the spirit of God in us. We've got a, we've got a redemption that won't quit. We've got an empowerment that enables us to live for God every day. Hallelujah. We got a victory spirit that comes from heaven. That invasion, Emmanuel, he's still with us. (laughs) Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Faith. Paul said, I'm living this life by faith I'm believing the promises and I'm acting on the promises I believe I'm dead to sin I believe I'm alive to God and I'm walking it out day by day under the new covenant we do this by faith through grace it's God's grace it's God's grace I'm happy about Jesus can't help it (laughs) can't help it don't want to I'm happy about Jesus, just like those angels. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Don't follow the flesh. Don't follow the world all that's of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's not of the Father. Enjoy life. His life. Amen? And if you haven't come into that, today's the day to do that. Amen? Today's the day to receive all He has for you. Hallelujah. How do you get there? As many as received Him. Receive Him. As the Savior. Unto you is born this day in the city of Bethlehem a Savior. One who saves. He's the only one that can do it. Amen. Receive the Savior. And receive him for who he really is. Lord. Jesus is my Lord. You know, I just want to lead us in a confession of faith in Jesus Christ. Just if you're willing, if you mean it from your heart, just say these words. Just say, dear Father, thank you for Jesus. Glory to God. I believe He was born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin. I believe He lived that sinless life. I believe He died for me. And I believe He rose again. Today I confess, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation, for your forgiveness, for your new life, for deliverance from the power of the devil, for power in my life, for heaven, for a new body, and a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus is my Lord. I will follow him. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you, I'm a new creature. Thank you, old things are passed away. All things are become new. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota 56002.